Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back, or welcome if you are new here to my podcast, Reading and Weaving. My name is Julia, and I am your host. And in this podcast, we talk about all things books, all things reading. So I am so excited that you are joining me for today's episode because it's going to be a good one, and it's been a long time coming. So without further ado, I'm just going to get right into it. Long time no see. I mean, I haven't seen you guys ever because this is a podcast and you're listening to me, but still, it has been forever since I made my last episode. It's been about six or seven weeks. And in that time, I have truly never been so busy in my life. And I promise you, that is not an excuse. It is not an excuse at all. I feel like every other time in my life that I've told people that I was busy, I wasn't truly busy. I've known what truly busy has felt like over the past six or seven weeks. I've had a lot of different life changes. I've been working a lot. There's been a lot of changes that went on in the world. I mean, literally two days ago, it was announced that Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn broke up. Like That has nothing to do with this podcast, but I just feel like it's a very important, culturally significant event. I'm honestly still in shock by it, but I'm going to get back on topic and just say that life has been absolutely crazy, absolutely nonstop the past six or seven weeks, and I have actually not read a single book in that time, which is pretty unusual for me ever since I've gotten back on my reading kick. So for this week's episode, I have decided to abandon my usual formula of picking a genre or a type of book. And then reviewing a specific book that kind of fits in with that theme. Instead, I would love to take this time to talk about the internet and its role in creating communities for people who read to gather, enhancing communities for people who read to gather, and how today's digital landscape is shaping our opinions on specific books, of course, but also just reading in general. Because I've noticed that ever since I started exploring different online forums and different online communities dedicated to reading, that I've had some pretty intensified opinions, some heightened feelings about certain books, about certain genres, and just about reading as a whole. So I've decided that I'm going to talk about what I've observed, what I've learned, what I've noticed and how it's affected me, and kind of the pros and cons of everything. I would first like to start off with how the internet and how different people's opinions and seeing so many different people's opinions has kind of shaped my own and whether I think that's a good or bad thing. So with that said, I'm going to start by talking about Goodreads, which I would consider to be a social media app. I mean, you friend people, you follow people, you can see what they're reading, they can see what you're reading and your progress on certain books if you're 50% of the way through or 37 pages on the way through, like whatever it may be. And I really, really love that about this app because I feel like... If I go on somebody's profile, I can kind of see their taste and what it is that they like, what it is that they don't like. And that really helped me 
for Christmas presents this past year, it helped me see like if someone has their want to read list and you're looking for like a gift to get them, you can just go on there and you can see that it's something they want to read. You can buy them the book. Now, granted, there are some people who like to read their books in an ebook format or an audiobook format, and so maybe getting them the physical copy of that book might not work, but it's still like a nice and thoughtful gesture, and you kind of get the idea of what someone would like. And if you read something that's maybe similar to something that's on their want to read list or something that they've read, you can say, hey, I saw you read that book. I think you would really like this one that I just read. I'm going to loan it to you. And then you can have those conversations. It's fun. It's just a fun little community that I think kind of encourages conversation more face-to-face rather than online, which is really nice because a lot of these online forums are just like commenting back to each other back and forth, which is great. But I think when you have relationships with your friends and family on that site, when you meet up with them, you could say, hey, I saw that you gave this book five stars. I thought you gave this book four stars. Can you talk about it? Like, can we talk about it? Because I read that book and I had the same opinion or I had a different opinion. And it just encourages, I think, more face to face conversation. I think it's a really good site for like book clubs, for example. And I think that that is really healthy. And I think that's really important. Cons would be the reviews. I love seeing people's reviews. I think it's fun to read through and read through people's different opinions. But I will say that those opinions shape my decision making on whether or not I'm going to read something. If I see a book on Goodreads that has 20,000 reviews, but the average score is two out of five stars, I'm probably not going to read it because to me, the general consensus is that this book sucks. However, if I click on that book and I see it's two out of five stars by 20,000 people, I scroll down and I see a friend of mine that maybe rated it four stars, then I'll say, hey, is this a good book? And they'll say, I liked it. I don't really think that it deserves two out of five stars. Then yeah, I'm going to read it. But usually I'm very much influenced by the majority And I think that that's kind of problematic when it comes to reading just because it's such a personal experience when you're reading. You can't like tag team read with somebody else unless you're reading something out loud to somebody. But I think we all stopped doing that in elementary school. Like we don't do that with novels anymore, you know. So I think that that can be kind of problematic because you don't read the book You're not judging it by its cover, but you're judging it by everybody else's experience of reading it when it should just be for you. If it's something that you like, if you look at and you read the synopsis and you're like, hey, this looks like a pretty good book or, you know, somebody told me that I should read this book. You should just do it, whether or not the general consensus is that the book is good or bad, because if you sift through every single one of those reviews, which you're not, it's. 20,000. But if you sift through every single one of them, they're all going to have something different to say, something different that they noticed or didn't notice. And I think that is a really interesting part. If you go and you read the reviews, it's interesting. And then you can kind of form your own opinion. But if you're just looking at numbers, if you're just looking at statistics, it's really going to discourage you from reading sometimes. And it's definitely done that for me. I've tried to push through it But then those other opinions about those things have already started to get to me. And the same goes with a book that I've read that I thought maybe I liked. 
that it was like okay and then I go and I look at the reviews and they're all like one to two star reviews and I'm like oh yeah yeah that book sucked like that was terrible and uh, I don't necessarily think that's the healthiest way to approach reading I think that you should just form your own opinion or even not have an opinion at all if it really didn't interest you that much but overall I do enjoy Goodreads I know I just kind of talked trash about it two seconds ago but I think that it has given me a lot of different suggestions for things that I maybe want to read in the future. It's given me a lot of different things to look forward to. So overall, I think Goodreads is an amazing start. And you can track your progress on it too. So you can set like a yearly reading goal. You can track your progress on a certain book if you're like trying to make your way through it. And it's late at night and you're thinking to yourself, I've got to go to bed let me just record what page I'm on on Goodreads. And then it'll say, oh, you're 75% of the way through. And it has like the little progress bar. And you're like, wow, I'm almost done with this book. This is awesome. When I have something to look forward to tomorrow, I'm going to know the ending. It's fun in that way. And it's a great introduction to book social media. And I think you'll be able to jump into different online forums once you're used to it. I wouldn't necessarily say that you'd be ready to join TikTok after that because that's what I did and I would say that it's incredibly overwhelming. So that's actually the next app that I'm going to talk about because I kind of dove head first into TikTok because I made um, a page for this podcast actually if you want to follow it it's at reading underscore and underscore weeping so go check it out if you want I'm going to start uploading content on there but before I started uploading content I wanted to see you know the landscape what's the general consensus what are the kids reading and that sounds really weird for me to say because I'm in my early 20s and I am Gen Z like I have discussed in previous episodes But due to my lack of social media, I felt pretty out of the loop. I don't know what it is that people my age are reading. What are they liking? What are they not liking? What's new? You know, I felt like there was a whole subset of books that I was pretty much missing by not being on TikTok. And I really didn't know the scope of exactly what was going to be recommended on there. I really thought that a lot of people were just going to have a general consensus of books that they liked to read. But there's actually been so many different opinions on that app. And it's really hard to navigate. If anything, it's made me not discouraged to read, but I just kind of don't know where to start. I got on there to try and figure out what maybe I wanted to read next or some books that I wanted to buy or some books that I wanted to check out of the library or some books that I wanted to listen to on audiobook, like what would be the best way to consume some of these stories. And I feel like there is such a lack of general consensus. I think every single creator that I've come across likes different things. Some people have more sophisticated tastes than others. Some people are dedicated to just certain genres. Some people are dedicated to just fantasy novels. Some are dedicated to romance novels. And some read everything. And it's kind of overwhelming, to be quite honest with you, to try and navigate that whole 
landscape, especially when you go into it looking for recommendations, because that was my initial objective. I wanted to get on that app and just see what other people are reading and other people were liking. I do not think that TikTok is the place for that because everybody has different things that they like different opinions. And these people on TikTok are not afraid to share their opinions either. They are so incredibly passionate. You will see one person pull out a book and say, this is the absolute worst piece of shit I've ever read in my entire life. And here's why. And then you'll see another video of somebody going, this is the greatest book of all time. If you hated it, get off my page, argue with the wall. This is not the place for you. And it's very entertaining But it's also cool and refreshing to see people have like their own individual tastes and have their own individual voice when it comes to books and they're not ashamed. And I think that that's something that's like different from Goodreads is that, you know, there's not a rating system when it comes to TikTok because it's TikTok. It's not like there's a special software on it for books or anything. People are just making videos about what they liked and what they didn't like. So there's nothing really to measure how good or how bad any of these books are like Goodreads. But on the flip side of that, you're not going to get general opinions on these books and it's going to be harder to try and pick out what to read. And because that can be overwhelming, That leads me into the next topic that I want to talk about in connection with the internet, and that is being in a book slump. I am currently in a book slump because I have not read anything in the past six to seven weeks. But because of my philosophy around reading, I don't feel bad about that. I'm not trying to hit a certain page goal every year or whatever. I don't feel like I'm behind at all because I haven't read anything, even though I do have a podcast where I review books. I still don't feel behind or feel bad about not reading, but I do feel like being a book talker, quote unquote, is something else entirely. It's not really about how you read, what you read, because the platform is very accepting of all different kinds of opinions. It's more so still the fact that it is a social media and there is still a way that you need to be presenting yourself. Now, this is not necessarily a bad thing by any means. I would not say that this is negative. I would just say that if it's something that you're trying to break into, I think there are certain types of videos that you need to be making whether or not you like them, especially if you are a monetized creator. You're making money off your content. You have sponsored content sometimes from different companies sending you books even. I think you have to stick with the stuff that's trendy. You have to stick with the same audios that are trendy, the same filters and and effects that are trendy. And that's totally fine. There's really nothing wrong with that at all. But I think that kind of content can feel uninspired sometimes and a little bit repetitive when you see it over and over and over again. And it kind of makes me not seek out those types of videos. I love the videos where the creators are kind of just talking. They're just have a book and they're like, I've been meaning to read this. I want to talk about it. I want to give you my thoughts. I love that. I love hearing people's opinions. 
But seeing the trendy stuff where people don't really give any sort of explanation as to what they liked or what they didn't like, it's just not content that I go out and look for. And it also doesn't really inspire me to read. I thought that Book Talk was really going to inspire me to read a lot more books. And I just don't feel that inspired. I feel a little intimidated but not super inspired to read certain things that people recommend unless they give sort of a detailed or somewhat analytical review of a book. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for the discussions. I'm here for the book club-like talks. I'm not really here for the trendy stuff. You know what I mean? Something I've also noticed just generally on book talk is that people who aren't getting sent books, even people that are actually getting sent books, just everybody on that part of TikTok, they're really into buying books. And I understand it. I love buying books too. I think like going into a bookstore is such a fun experience. It always smells nice in there. I have always felt that way about bookstores. But Book Talk really romanticizes it. They're like, I'm having a terrible day. So I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble and I'm going to buy 10 books. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. How do you have like 150 to $200 just lying around that you can spend on books? Because books are expensive. If you buy 10 of them, they're $15 each, like probably on average. That's a lot of money to be spending, especially if they're hardcover books, you know? So that was something that was really interesting was like the consumerism of it all. People going to Barnes and Noble, people going to like little indie vintage bookstores, people going to Target, people ordering mass amounts of books on Amazon. That was something that was very interesting to me, especially because of like, you know, like the rise of ebooks and audiobooks. I didn't think that that many people were going out and buying books, but it's a thing. And Barnes and Noble is not going anywhere anytime soon. People freaking love that place, even though it is so expensive to buy books there. So needless to say, I wanted to see what all the hype was about and if it would actually make me feel better. So I went book shopping as a form of retail therapy the other day. I was very stressed out, very anxious, very overwhelmed. And I was like, you know what? I'm already out. I might as well stop by Target and just look around and see what they have and maybe pick up a couple things. And that is very, very unusual for me. If you know me at all, you know I am an extremely, extremely frugal person. I hate spending money on things that I need, let alone things that I want. I will let my car run out of gas and I will coast down the road as long as I possibly can in order to avoid spending that money. I just hate spending money. It is not in my DNA. I absolutely cannot stand it. So to spend money on something that I don't need to spend money on, like books, I mean, you could argue that it's a necessity, but it's just reading for fun. So I don't really need it. It's more of like a leisurely activity. It's a big step for me. So I actually did end up picking up a few things and spending a little bit of money. It was a little painful to do, but I'm very excited about the books that I have. They're all new books. They all smell nice. So I'm going to list them all off for you and I'm going to read you the synopses. Is that the plural of synopsis? I think it is. I'm going to read them to you because they really intrigued me. And I actually started reading one of them and I'm actually going to make an episode 
about that book once I have finished. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, though. So without further ado, let's get into my (laughs) book haul, because why am I doing a book haul on my podcast? I just think it's fun. It's my TBR. it's, It's the TikTok. It's really like rubbing off on me. So here we go. Okay, the first book that I bought that I've actually been meaning to read for a really long time is called The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery by Gabrielle Zevin. She is my favorite author. If you've ever read Elsewhere, if you've ever read Memoirs of a Teenage Amnesiac, if you've ever read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, this is her. She's amazing. I absolutely love her. I think she's my favorite author. She's literally incredible. I actually didn't pick this book up because of the synopsis. I picked it up strictly because of Gabrielle Zevin herself because she's my favorite and I haven't read this book and it's one of her more popular ones. So that's why I picked it up. But let me read you the synopsis and see if you like it enough to go pick it up yourself. AJ Fickrey's life is not at all what he expected it to be. He lives alone, his bookstore is experiencing the worst sales in its history, and now his prized possession, a rare collection of Poe poems, has been stolen. But when a mysterious package appears at the bookstore, its unexpected arrival gives Fickrey the chance to make his life over and see everything anew. That is, without a doubt, the shortest synopsis I've ever read, but I love it. It's short and sweet. It tells you what the book is about without really giving anything away. I love it. I love it. It was just made into a movie as well. I think I'm trying to because it's like a picture of the movie on the front of the cover. I think that's Lucy Hale, if I'm not mistaken, from Pretty Little Liars. So I will read the book and then watch the movie after. I love a good adaptation, a good adaptation, not a bad one. I'm fine with bad ones, too. It's all part of like the lore of the story, whatever. But Yeah, I'm excited to read this book and to watch the movie. They both look really good. The second book that I picked up is Beach Read by Emily Henry. I was kind of debating on whether or not to get Beach Read or Book Lovers or both, but I ended up deciding on Beach Read because of the synopsis. So I'm going to read it to you now and see if you feel the same way. Augustus Everett is an acclaimed author of literary fiction. January Andrews writes best-selling romance. When she pens a happily ever after, he kills off the entire cast. They're polar opposites. In fact, the only thing they have in common is that for the next three months, they're living in neighboring beach houses, broke and bogged down with writer's block. Then, one hazy evening, one thing leads to another, and they strike a deal designed to force them out of their creative ruts. Augustus will spend the next summer writing something happy, and January will pen the next great American novel. She'll take him on field trips worthy of any rom-com montage, and he'll take her to interview surviving members of a backwoods death cult, obviously. Everyone will finish a book, and no one will fall in love, really. I just realized after reading that synopsis that both this book and the story life of A.J. Fickery are about like book people, not necessarily authors, but just people who love reading and writing and books in general. That's very interesting. Like I really did that subconsciously because I'm someone who loves to read, but I wasn't really feeling inspired. So I think I just subconsciously bought books about book lovers, even though I didn't buy book lovers by Emily Henry. I still bought books about book lovers, so that's really interesting. But yeah, this book looks really cute, and I'm excited to read it. Now, the next two books that I bought are both by Taylor Jenkins Reid, because Taylor Jenkins Reid is that bitch. 
I'm also going to dedicate an entire episode to talking about Daisy Jones and the Six, the show, because I have quite a lot of thoughts. But for now, let's talk about the books that I bought. And that is After I Do by Taylor Jenkins Reid and One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid. These are both the first books that I will read by her that are not in like the celebrity universe because you know there's Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones and Malibu Rising and Carrie Soto's back you know all of those but these books are I believe just romance novels that stand alone I did not read the synopsis on either one I just picked them up because I love her a lot and I just want to read more of her books because I think she's amazing and I think One True Loves at least is being turned into a movie with Philippa Sue from Hamilton which slay but I'm going to start off with the synopsis for After I Do because that was the first one I got. So let's just get into it. When Lauren and Ryan's marriage reaches the breaking point, they come up with an unconventional plan. They decide to take a year off in the hope of finding a way to fall in love again. One year apart and only one rule. They cannot contact each other. Aside from that, anything goes. Lauren embarks on a journey of self-discovery quickly finding that her friends and family have their own ideas about the meaning of marriage. These influences, as well as her own healing process and the challenges of living apart from Ryan, begin to change Lauren's ideas about monogamy and marriage. She starts to question, when you can have romance without fidelity and commitment without marriage, when love and lust are no longer tied together, what do you value? What are you willing to fight for? This is a love story about what happens when the love fades. It's about staying in love, seizing love, forsaking love, and committing to love with everything you've got. And above all, After I Do is the story of a couple caught up in an old game and searching for a new road to happily ever after. You see, that is something that I love about Taylor Jenkins Reid. I think in all of her books, I see a common theme of looking at love and the meaning of love and relationships and their complexities and still learning how to like navigate and fight your way through all the hard stuff. So I love that about her. And I think that this book is really going to tackle that theme at the forefront. So I am very excited for it. Now let's read the synopsis for One True Loves. In her 20s, Emma Blair marries her high school sweetheart, Jesse. They build a life for themselves, far away from the expectations of their parents and the people of their hometown in Massachusetts. They travel the world together, Emma as a freelance writer, Jesse as a production assistant on nature documentaries, living life to the fullest and seizing every opportunity for adventure. On their first wedding anniversary, Jesse is on an assignment in the Aleutian Islands when his helicopter goes missing over the Pacific. Just like that, Jesse is gone forever. Emma quits her job and moves home in an effort to put her life back together. Years later, now in her 30s, Emma runs into an old friend, Sam, and finds herself falling in love again. When Emma and Sam get engaged, it feels like Emma's second chance at happiness. That is, until Jesse is found. He's alive, and he's been trying to come home to her all these years. Emma now has a husband and a fiancé. But who is her one true love? And what does it even mean to love truly? Emma knows she has to listen to her heart. She's just not sure what it's saying. That book sounds like a sleigh. I am so excited to see the adaptation. I hope it's better than Daisy Jones. But 
this these both look really good i really love taylor jenkins reed i think she's such an incredible writer there are things that she says that just like hit different so i am very excited to read both of those books the last book whose synopsis I am going to read for you today is a book that I have been looking at for a while that I finally picked up. It was expensive, so it was kind of hard for me to get, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to read it and it looks really, really good, so I'm just going to take it. And that is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read the synopsis to you because I can't really explain it or my interest in it without reading the synopsis, so... Let's go. France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman named Adeline meets a dangerous stranger and makes a terrible mistake. As she realizes the limitations of her Faustian bargain, being able to live forever without being able to be remembered by anyone she sees, Addie chooses to flee her small village as everything she once held dear is torn away. But there are still dreams to be had and a life to live, and she is determined to find excitement and satisfaction in the wide beckoning world, even if she will be doomed to be alone forever, or not quite alone, as every year on her birthday, the alluring Luck, Luke, I think it's Luke, comes to visit, checking to see if she is ready to give up her soul. Their darkly thrilling game stretches throughout the ages, seeing Addie witness history and fight to regain herself as she crosses oceans and tries on various lives. It will be 300 years before she stumbles into a hidden bookstore and discovers someone who can remember her name. And suddenly, everything changes again. As I'm reading that synopsis, it kind of feels like The Age of Adeline. You know, that movie with Blake Lively and Harrison Ford? It's kind of giving that. I wonder if that movie is based off this book. I have to look it up because it says in the book that her name is Adeline. So let me just look it up real quick. Okay, I don't think it is based, I don't think the movie's based off the book at all, but that's not a far-fetched question. There are other people on Google who have asked it. So, slay. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to read that. Like, no one remembers her, and then finally someone does, like, 300 years later. That sounds fun. But anyway, those are all of the books that I bought. I am so very excited to read them. I haven't read any of them yet. Five books is a lot, and it was a lot of money, but now I have content at least for the next five weeks, and I have some more books that I haven't read that I've bought before that were given to me, so I am just so excited to get back into reading. And I believe that is going to conclude today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning in, for being patient with me. I can't even tell you how grateful I am that you are listening to this episode at all. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, follow me on TikTok at reading underscore and underscore weeping. I'm going to start posting content on there regularly. So until next week, I'm going to leave you with the C.S. Lewis quote that I always leave you with, which is, no book is really worth reading at the age of 10, which is not equally and often far more worth reading at the age of 50 and beyond. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I will see you next week. Bye.